Hello, Trombone Internet. This is Chris Van Hoff, assistant to the regional manager of the International Trombone Festival. We at the festival, of course, are huge fans of the pod, and we are really excited to invite you to attend this year's 2024 International Trombone Festival at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. Dave Begnosh is our host. We have the world premiere of a brand new double concerto for trombone and piano with the Fort Worth Symphony. We have the American Brass Quintet. We have late night jazz featuring a Latin jam session. Like everything is happening, all the cast will be there. It's the best hang in the world, and we hope to see you there. You can register for the festival still online at www.internationaltrombonefestival.com, and it's happening the last week of May. So go register. We'll see you in Texas. Hello, and welcome back to the second installment of I Don't Know What This Is Called. My name is Sebastian Vera. Hello, Nick Schwartz. How you doing? John Sebi Vera, John Sebi Vera, John Sebi Vera is my friend. Damn, coming in hot again. Man. So we asked for some submissions on what this here show should be called. And, and again, if you're, you're tuning in for the first time and you didn't hear our episode last week, we still will have our... Our interviews where you will laugh and cry and get to know people in depth. But and ponder. And ponder. But in an effort to be more consistent, which is what the, the people have been asking us to do, we're, we're making more episodes. So in that vein, we had a few submissions on some ideas for what we could call this. I don't... <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so here's one. Uh, one's called The Spit. With Nick and Sebastian. Hmm. Get it? It's like trombone spit. How about shooting the spit? I don't I I don't know if I love spit in the title. I know Mm-mm. you know, and there's already a podcast called It's Not Spit, it's Condensation, which is a great one. You should check it out. One submitted from uh Mr. Jim Nova was uh Tips, Nips, and Slips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh I think we got it, folks. Jim, don't submit anything if you don't want us to say it. Uh, the green room, a little more down the line, backstage, not bad. Green room, fifth position, not bad. What about fifth position doesn't exist? You just made it real long, though. F-P-D-E. <laughs> it sounds like a sci-fi podcast. I don't know, the fifth position's not bad. Welcome to the fifth position. Trombone trombone lovers? Trombone's lovers? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Our friend Frank Cohen uh, suggested all things rusty. That's uh, I think it's good towards the top. To be honest, <laughs> what, I I don't understand what what does that what does that mean rusty? I don't I don't either. Maybe you need to polish, really work work it out. You know, polish the brass. Really, you know, slide it in. You know, just like really. Okay, all right. And then our friend Alexis Smith suggested, which I think is a dark horse in this race, Jonesin for a Bonesin. Dark horse. That's Secretariat right there. <laughs> <laughs> she's like screaming obviously that's the right choice yeah of course okay so we might submit have a formal poll on the instagram if you're not following us on instagram we're at trombone retreat on instagram why aren't you unless you just are one of those people that is sane and doesn't look at instagram uh, can i talk to them directly real quick yeah hey me your buddy nick oh i need to put like youth pastor music in the background like soft acoustic guitar why you be hating Smash that like, smash that follow, smash that subscribe, 
get in there. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Nick. And yeah, f- subscribe to the to the podcast so we get a notification every time. So, what's next on our list? So, next well, segment. Well, hold on, hold on, real quick. Oh, please. I think that we can't jump to like naming this podcast or this this series so quickly. I think we need to do one more poll. Okay. To give people a chance cuz you know we're we're just we're getting this going, you know. Let's do one more poll. Let's see what happens, you know, and see if we get some more submissions. And then, you know, okay. we, we kind of do like maybe we do like a like a NCAA a bracket. tournament bracket. Yeah, a bracket. Yeah, a tournament. <laughs> a playoff. I like it. Man, so I'm sorry I'm just getting here late. I I I literally drove here this morning from DC. I had opening night two nights ago in Pittsburgh with Flying Dutchman, which was awesome. Uh, my first Wagner live opera experience. And then I woke up early and left for DC at like 8 a.m., drove four hours, went straight to the opera there at the Kennedy Center and sight read an opera, Guno Romeo and Juliet, which Ooh, was that's a good one. It was, it was honestly my weird self. I just really enjoyed the challenge of the sight reading because it was just full of curveballs. Yeah, that's a tricky one. It's it, it it doesn't look like much on paper, but you get into it and it's it's got some uh got some moments you can really step in it. It was beautiful. I I really oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then of course, you know, to add add to the challenge, my spit valve just like broke off in the middle of oh, it. Oh my god. Which is fun. That's fun. And so I was like, well, I got about 20 bars of rest until my next entrance. So Lee Rogers, who I was sitting next to, the principal trombone at the Kennedy Center and a good, good longtime friend, awesome trombonist, was like, I got you. And he like grabbed some tape, like some electrical tape. And where did just, he have that? I, pff, they just have it in the pit. He just like knew nice. where to go. He like motioned to the principal trumpet and he got it. Tape me. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I put tape on it. And of course, I had to like pull my slide off for the rest of the, the opera and just like dump, mm. dump it all out. But that's what, like that's, what pro, that's what pros do. That's what pros do. They get it done. Then I actually got to see your, your I don't know if I told you, I got to see your goodly wife afterwards. I, I heard from her and saw on the Instagrams. It warmed my heart. She's she's there conducting at the Kennedy Center being a badass as normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was, she, was she at that performance? I can't remember. Or did she just no, no. She, so she's conducting a different opera going on. Well, I meant like, I know, but. She, well, I know. I'm just describing oh. to, to our imaginary people in the audience a lot. Um, yeah okay don't, don't yell at me yeah so we, we met at bakery and we just talked about you the whole time isn't he the best look at his eyes they're like little swimming pools <laughs> so yeah that was my last 24 hours just got home but right back into podcasting because podcasting is my life nick podcasting is life and life is casting <laughs> um we probably played wagner like at the same time um really i was playing Tannhäuser. Very cool. Um, Did you me, do your long tones before you played it? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you this, though. Okay. This goes out to all brass people. Well, not all brass. Is this like a PS, PSA? Mm-hmm. Low brass. So, for tuba players, Meister Singer is a big deal. For trombone players, Tannhäuser is a big deal. I've played both. The overture is about all there is to do. It is so boring. Sorry. I didn't wow. say it, I, it. It's beautiful music. Take. It's beautiful music, both of them. Meister Singer, it comes up, clocks in just over six hours, and it is nine pages of music. Isn't that insane? Tannhäuser is four and a half hours of music, 
and I think it's like 12 pages of music. So there's a little bit more, but not much. And the other thing is right at the end, the end of Tannhäuser is this, the excerpt that we know as Tannhäuser, but in E flat, not an E. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Flying Dutchman's just over three and my part's 12 pages. Yeah. There's not much to do in that one either. But there's some, um, it's, it's all beautiful music, really is. And, you know, when you're sitting there in rehearsal, you understand why the conductors need to do all these re- this rehearsal that doesn't involve you because the strings have one bajillion notes, you know? And it's like, but at the same time, you're sitting there and you're just like, you know, like going into a coma slowly. My favorite pastime is showing string players how short my part is, though. I try to avoid that at all costs because then they just get really upset. I think, was it Don Giovanni's one page? Don Giovanni is or like two, two, two pages. Magic pages? flute, something like that. Magic flute is more like four pages. Man, you're just like you're just like an encyclopedia for opera page length. <laughs> if I'm good for one thing, it's how many pages is apart. Nicholas, we have a submitted question. Question time. Question Fresh time. off the Wells Fargo wagon, coming in hot. Oh man, yeah. Let's have segment music for every segment. Okay. So our friend Connor Coffey, he he messaged on Instagram and he said, on the next podcast, can you discuss breaking in a brand new slide? I've been told that this is a thing and I've been told it's not a thing. I was taught to wipe a new slide down every day for the first six months to remove any metal shavings that can cause scratches. I have never heard this at all. So I'm, I'm throwing it to this. you. I take can it. feel it straight up. Take, okay. take the reins. So... It depends on the trombone manufacturer, not because of their manufacturing process per se, but because of the tolerances that they build their slides. If it's a manufacturer that builds a slide with a tighter tolerance, and I don't want to necessarily name brands because that comes with pluses and minuses, obviously with a tighter tolerance, there's, you know, more of a seal per, you know, theoretically, blah, blah, blah. But with that, there's less room for any sort of imperfections in the slide or foreign objects in the slide. So I've had a couple of slides that needed to be broken in. And yes, cleaning the slide daily, but more importantly, cleaning the in the outer slide. If you get one of the, the slide mix cells, that rod with the cloth that's machine washable, that's the way to go. Screw using paper towels or cheesecloth or anything. Like that. Get that. Get the slot mix thing. You can get it on Amazon. Super simple. And just like being meticulous with that, really cleaning it a lot. And it just takes time. And it's annoying because we're obviously very sensitive to like we want it to move as like glidey as possible. And when it's not doing that, it really sucks. So it is a thing. It, it, what you heard is right. It is a thing, and it isn't a thing. It depends on your slide. So. But the I, I would I I don't know if it's metal like microscopic metal particles from the from the manufacturing process. I have no idea, but it does exist because I have a couple of slides that really sucked and now they're awesome and it just took time. Need like some robot that'll just like keep it moving for like yes. hours. Yes. Maybe I can like get like get someone off of Fiverr to do that. <laughs> so all I need you to do is sit in this chair. No, no, hold it. No, yeah, yeah. Hold it. Hold it. Yeah. Make a gun with your left hand. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hold it. No, that's improper. Yeah, yeah. Two fingers. There you go. Yeah. And just just live yeah. long and prosper. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. Keep keep it up. And I'll be back in about eight hours. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Thank you. Shall we move to new Google keyword trombone searches? Oh yeah, it was it was invigorating last time. So so checking this week. Surprisingly, we have Trombone Shorty doing some stuff. What? He's he's doing concerts and he's making press releases. So good job. Way to go. Posauna Kleina, I'm so proud of you. Um, another one was I saw that there's a new album by Jennifer Wharton called Grit and Grace that that had a review. So I'm I'm gonna have to check that out. Well, it's it's her and her bonegasm. Is bonegasm the the group? Yes. Jennifer Wharton's I, I think that's how it's built, Jennifer Wharton's bonegasm. That's 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 great branding right there. It really is. Uh, if you haven't heard her previous albums, I haven't heard this one. I need to check it out, but really great stuff. Really, really exciting playing, good writing. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to check that out. Awesome. All right. I think the next segment is time for Gripe of the Week. It's ripe for some gripe. Oh, that's good. I think you just need to make up theme music for every segment. Ooh. So, I, I have one. Gripe me. You know, I've been... I've had this one for a while, and I've never said it publicly, but I just, I don't know why it bothers me, so I think, you know, you know, therapists say you should just say, say things and get it off your chest and not bottle things up. Classical musicians, taking your press photos in front of graffiti does not make you look edgy. Okay. It doesn't make you look edgy. What? Let me counter. Can I counter? Sure. What if they're not trying to look edgy, but they actually really think it's beautiful? Sure. But it's everyone's doing it. So it's like cliche now. And it's like, oh, I'm a classic musician and uh, everything I do is considered so serious. So I'm going to take a picture in front. Ooh, look, graffiti. It's like we can be more creative. Okay. So, so. Before I give my counter. Oh, this isn't are, up for debate, but you can, you can. Oh, it's up for debate. Um, where should they be taking their headshots that would be acceptable? I'm saying I'm seeing a trend and it's like, it's past the point of cliche for me. And it just, it just looks lame to me. And I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's how I feel and it bugs me and more power to if you want to do it. And I'm sure I have a lot of friends that already have those photos that are going to hate me for saying this, but I just had to say it. Well, my initial reaction is, who cares? Oh, of course. And that you saying it looks edgy, it might not be what they're going for. I think it is, though. If it is that they're going for edgy, there's nothing edgy about a classical trombone. That's true. That's where you're wrong, sir. Mm. Okay, well, I, I, I don't even know what cool. to do. Cool, so I, I win. Case closed. All right. <laughs> okay. A new, a new segment I'm very excited for, and I'm going to surprise Nick with some questions here. Kind of influenced by Nick, one of Nick and I's favorite podcasts. I don't think we've ever actually said that on here, but My Brother, My Brother and Me. If you're familiar, I think it's brilliant. Mimbibab. It's one of the most popular podcasts in the world. And basically, it's three brothers who are freaking hilarious. But they, the main crux of the show started with them answering Yahoo Answers questions, just like questions that the world submits to the internet, hoping for people to answer. Yahoo Answers is no more. 
now Quora is kind of like taken over. I'm sure you've seen Quora things pop up. Quora. So I I just did a I did a very quick search before meeting you here, and luckily I found some some quick ones. Let's see. Let's go with when used as a weapon. How dangerous is the trombone? Oh, okay. Here, let me give my response and then you give your response because you asked it, right? Okay. So number one, are we using it as a projectile? If so, close range, it could be pretty effective or you could use it kind of like a bat, you know, grab it by the slide with the slide lock on and give it a good, give are, it a good swing. Are you saying projectile like you're going to fling the slide? Like, or like the whole thing, like a javelin. So you just throw the whole trombone. Yeah. So that's you, that you got one shot when you do that. Circa 2012, you yeet the trombone. God, you're so hip with the kids. I know. Yeah. But you could have two shots if you shoot the slide, then throw the trombone. That's that's two in the chamber. Th- I can go with thrice. Mouthpiece. Thrice an attack. You can you can take the outer slide off, swing it like a swing it like a bat, then throw it like a tomahawk, mm-hmm. and then take the whole trombone and throw it like a javelin. I like that. And, it, and if you're resourceful and you've been on the Facebook marketplace a lot, you can, you can put a bunch of mouthpieces in a sock. Oh, like full metal jacket when they beat the guy with a sock full of soap. Yeah. Yeah. Of soap. Yeah. So maybe, maybe all your purchases on trombone marketplace aren't the worst idea. If the apocalypse happens, they could be your form of, of uh, self-defense un- under homeowners insurance <laughs> here, here, but as a musical instrument, I think a lot of the people who sit in front of us in the orchestra would consider the trombone a consistent and pestering weapon. Are you saying just because how loud it is? Yeah, and I, I'm not saying everybody. It's just like generally speaking across the board. They don't really. Maybe that's a you problem. Hey, I play with beauty at all points in time. If I if I found the person who sits in front of you in your orchestra and, and emailed and asked, would they agree? One of them, a hundred percent. Yes. The other <laughs> one, not as much. <laughs> how many, how many shields do you normally see in front of you? It's like a whole wall. Really? But not just in front of me, the whole brass section is just a wall. <sighs> I really dislike playing into those things. I know. I, you know, at some point, like you fight it and fight it. And then it's just like the second you kind of give into it, it all becomes okay. And like, you just, it's fine. You know, <laughs> well, I think that's a good answer to our trombone violence question. So, yeah, you can. I think you you can swing it like an axe too. Oh, overhand! I like that. Or you could just keep holding it and use it as a poker. You know, with the slide. Oh, I used to do something with uh, when Kyle Mendiguchio was my roommate. I would put my slide in seventh position and and get the the end, the point part of the slide as close to his forehead as I could, and then walk up, walk the proper distance away so it's exactly like oh my a God. millimeter from his head and then just go ha 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 like that and and if he flinched then i won i don't know what i won but i won and you never hit him no wow that's a lot of trust he didn't like it but i liked it a lot can't 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 see him liking that He's so like, oh, stop stop <laughs> so with all this negativity i think we should counteract our gripe with the world with it's a little sunshine. I don't know what we should call this segment. 
But what should we call it? We're going to talk about beauty in the world. What should we call this? What should we call this segment? Maybe we should do a poll about this segment too. Trombone beauty in the world. I, I think we can't ask trombone players too many questions because like their big meat claws get all clumped up on the small keyboards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This is some beauty in the world. So I was working with a student the other day on Bach Cerebon from the fifth suite. Never heard of was, it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fast jaunty little, little ditty. And, uh, I asked who he's listening to out of inspiration for this. And he said, Yo-Yo Ma and never heard of him. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma is the only cellist that has recorded the cello suites three times. Really? Yeah. Recently, I think during the pandemic, recorded the third time. And some might say why, but. Well, it's interesting. So then I, after saying, I was, I was saying to the student, I said, oh, you know, Yo-Yo Ma recorded three times. It'd be really interesting to listen to the Cerebon from all three recordings, like back to back to back. So I was like, oh man, I haven't, I haven't done that in a while either, like with other artists who have done similar things. So I went home and listened to Yo-Yo Ma playing the Cerebon from the fifth suite in all three recordings. And then I listened to the prelude from the first and second suite in all three recordings. And then that reminded me of my other favorite version of this, which is Glenn Gould recorded. And if you don't know who Glenn Gould is, he was a very famous Canadian pianist, very, very known for his interpretations of Bach in particular, not not limited to that, but that's kind of one of the things he was most known for. And um, he recorded the Goldberg variations at the beginning of his life and towards the end of his life. And it, it's really amazing in that those recordings to hear the difference of interpretation, that particular one, the Glenn, Glenn Gould one, this bookends his life pretty much, you know, you can kind of see the evolution of his playing and his musical decisions in those two recordings. Really when he was young, the tempos were really like overly fast and like great, almost like manic. And the later ones were much more calm and slower and I don't know, it, it, I mean, that's just an observ- my observation, but it, I just found, found it refreshing and invigorating to go back and listen to those Glenn Gould recordings and remind myself that, like, like wh- why, why I got into this thing. That's not trombone music, but those, those recordings really were important. Wait, these aren't trombonists? I know, crazy, This right? whole time I was really invested <laughs> in what you're talking about. <laughs> but... You know, just to like remind yourself sometimes, especially when you get frustrated or like you're losing kind of your way with like, like, why am I doing this? Go back to some recordings that you love and listen to them. And I did this not in a place where I'm frustrated necessarily with my own playing, but just kind of like I was talking to a student about them and it reminded me, oh, I've listened to these in a while. And ah, it like totally like brightened my day. It was like the sun was brighter and like, the air was crisper. It, it really, it was just like, wow, I have a pep in my step now. Cause I just, <laughs> That's about it was that. awesome. It was so great. And it doesn't That's have great to, to hear, man. It doesn't have to be classical music. You know, music has that power. It's awesome. So you can go back and listen to something that makes you happy. You know, I've, I've quite often prescribed to students. You ever have like a lesson with a student and you can just tell they, they just have this big cloud over them and they just can't totally. get anything together that week. And they haven't been able to, get anything together and they're, they're in a rut with their playing, I'll just assign Bach all week, like listen to and play Bach. And it often, often does the trick. 
I mean, yeah, he's therapy. He's chicken noodle soup for the soul. Remember those books? Yep. And <laughs> and actually, that being said, I, I'm really looking forward to your, your third recording of New Orleans. Because I think I'm really going to really get to know you at that point. Well, I'll have to do the first one, second one first. <laughs> I don't think any trombonists have recorded anything three times. I mean, should they? We don't have anything amazing enough to do that. Right, exactly. But thank you for that little dose of sunshine, a little reminder. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the second installment of All Things Rusty and Jonesin' for a Bonesin'. And tips and nips and slips. <laughs> I think, does that is that good? Does that wrap it up? I think that wraps it up in a nice little package with a beautiful little bow and some uh, some twine. Cool. So we'll have some some big interviews coming up. We still have a half a season to get through. Um, and some announcements and projects coming through. We still have the Third Coast Trombone Retreat this upcoming summer to announce. The dates and guest artists. So lots of fun. Just fun stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Sebastian, hey, 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 Sebastian. Here. Keep trucking, okay? Thanks, man. Make it a great day. Bye. Bye.